it was. It was truly a very, very happy day. After 70 years of captivity, the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, was finally released from pagan occupation. It was sent to the home of Abinadab and carried back into the city of God. The land of Israel was ecstatic. There was music, there was dancing, there was singing, there was celebration all throughout the land. Oh, the joy! Oh, the jubilation! Oh, the thrill! Oh, the gladness! No. No, oh, the sadness of that moment. In a split second, gladness turned into gloom as the ark stumbles. Uzzah reaches out his hand to steady it. The wrath of God is kindled and a man is left dead. Terror, fear, and horror Fill the hearts of 30,000 men. King David is struck. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 8 that David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah that day. The passage continues to say in verse number 9 that David feared the Lord that day. And he says to himself, how can I? How in the world can I continue to take this ark into the city of Jerusalem? I am not willing to carry this death instrument into the city of God. I can't do it. And so what does David do? The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 10 that David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Fear Terror and horror have just struck the hearts of 30,000 men. A man has died. King David is not willing to take this ark any further. And so what does he do? He stops in the home of a random man by the name of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and he says, this ark must stay here. Can you imagine how Obed-Edom must have felt in that moment? All of a sudden, here's a knock on his door. It's the king of Israel. And his message is, Uzzah has died. I am afraid this ark must stay with you. That was a tremendous request. King David wasn't asking Obed-Edom to watch his pet dog. No, King David was asking Obed-Edom to welcome God into his house. The Ark of the Covenant was understood to be the presence and the glory of God. Anytime God's people were around this Ark, they understood that they were in the presence of God. This Ark that was covered in gold contained Aaron's rod that budded. It contained a golden urn full of the manna that the Lord had sent from heaven. It contained those two tablets of stone that the Lord spoke to Moses on that burning mountain. This Ark contained and had the glory of God resting on it between the cherubim. And now, this Ark would rest in the home of Obed-Edom for three whole months. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 11, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. 
Obed-Edom and all of his household were tremendously blessed by the Lord because they welcomed God into their house. They were blessed by the Lord because they walked with, they talked with, they ate with, they communed with God for three whole months. Obed-Edom was a man who was willing to welcome the Lord in his house. But not only that, Obed-Edom was a man who willingly rejoiced in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord. As this story continues in 1 Chronicles chapter 15. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15, King David learns that Obed-Edom and his household were tremendously blessed by the Lord because of this ark. And so David realizes that it's now a great time, it's a great opportunity to head back to the house of Obed-Edom and retrieve the ark and take it back to the city of Jerusalem as was planned three months prior. But before he retrieves this ark and takes it into Jerusalem, he calls upon his chief Levites to find specific men who will rejoice as the ark is being transported out of Obed-Edom's home and into Jerusalem. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 16, David commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as the singers who should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals, and to raise sounds of joy. David called upon his chief Levites to find men who will rejoice as the ark is being carried out of Obed-Edom's home and into Jerusalem. In verse 18 of the passage, we find that Obed-Edom was one who was selected for this task. In verse 21 of the text, we learn that Obed-Edom was called on by the chief Levites not only to be a singer, but he was called on to be a musician. He would lead a group of people with his lyre as the ark was being carried out of his home and into Jerusalem. Obed-Edom was a man who rejoiced in the Lord. The Bible continues to say in verse 25, verse 25, So David and the elders of Israel and the commanders of thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with rejoicing. Verse 28, verse 28, the Bible says, So all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting to the sound of the horn, Trumpets and cymbals made loud music on harps and lyres. They're rejoicing. They're celebrating. They're praising God. In chapter 16, the ark has finally made its way into Jerusalem. And the text says in verse number 4, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 4, Then David appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke to thank and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. And in the latter half of verse number five, we find Obed-Edom's name mentioned once again. The point that I'm trying to make is Obed-Edom was a man who was called upon by the king to praise, to thank, and to rejoice in the Lord. He was a man who welcomed God into his house, he rejoiced in the Lord, and third and finally, he guarded the things of God. Obed-Edom was a man who guarded the things of God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse number 24, we learn not only was Obed-Edom a singer, not only was he a musician, but he was a gatekeeper to the Ark of the Covenant. What is a gatekeeper? 
A gatekeeper was someone who was assigned with the task of watching, protecting, and guarding the things of God. Obed-Edom was not willing to let anyone or anything compromise the things of God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 37 The Bible says that David left Asaph and his brothers before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister regularly before the Ark as each day required. And also Obed-Edom and his 68 brothers, while Obed-Edom, the son of Jeduthun and Hosa, were to be gatekeepers. He was a gatekeeper. He watched, he protected, and he guarded the things of God. Why? Because he cared about the things of God. He cared about that golden ark. He cared about that jar of manna filled with with the, the blessings from God. He cared about those two tablets of stone. He cared about Aaron's rod that budded. He cared about the glory of God that rested on that ark. He cared about the things of God. He guarded the things of God. And so, because he was a man who guarded the things of God, because he was a man who rejoiced in the Lord, and because he was a man who welcomed God into his house, he was a very, very blessed man. He was a blessed man. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 11 that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his household. In 1 Chronicles chapter 26, in 1 Chronicles chapter 26, we have a glimpse into the household of Obed-Edom. The Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom. And here in this passage, we learn about this household. First Chronicles chapter 26 and verse number 4. The Bible says, And Obed-Edom had sons, Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sakar the fourth, Nathaniel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Peliath the eighth, for God blessed him. Because he was a man who welcomed God into his house, because he rejoiced in the Lord, and because he guarded the things of God, the Lord blessed him with these eight sons. But not only did the Lord bless him with eight sons, the Lord blessed him with 62 grandsons. But not only that, not only did the Lord bless him Physically, but the Lord blessed him spiritually because these sons and these grandsons of his would grow up to be able men who were qualified for the service of the Lord. The text continues to say in 1 Chronicles chapter 26, describing the grandsons of Obed-Edom. The text says in verse 6, also to his son Shemaiah were sons born who were rulers in their father's houses, for they were men of great Ability. Some translations say that they were very capable men or mighty men of valor. Verse 7, the text says, The sons of Shemaiah, Othni, Raphael, Obed, and Elzabad, whose brothers were able men, Elihu and Semachiah, all of these were of the sons of Obed-Edom with their sons and brothers, able men qualified for the service. Some translations say able men with strength for the work. And 62 of Obed-Edom. Do you see it? The point that I'm trying to make is, because Obed-Edom was a man who was willing to welcome God into his home, 
because he was a man who constantly rejoiced in the Lord, and because he was a man who guarded the things of God, God blessed him. God blessed his household. God gave him eight sons and 62 grandsons who all grew up to be able men qualified for the service of the Lord. And Obed-Edom will go down in history as the great father of eight. Today is June the 16th, 2019. And it is also Father's Day. And sadly, we are living in a world where there are more than 20,000, excuse me, 20 million homes where there is no physical father present. 20 million homes in our world where there is no daddy. And even more startling is there are millions and millions of homes where a father is physically present, but he is emotionally absent. As people who are living in a world where 21 million children are born out of wedlock, as people who are living in a world where there are over 50% of marriages that end in divorce, as people who are living in a world where child support checks have taken the place of time, love, and attention, as people who are living in this world with empty homes, with no real leadership, we need men today to rise up and be a leader. We need men today to rise up and act like men because the future of the church needs it. It has become harder and harder and harder to find able men who are qualified for the service of the Lord. It has become harder and harder and harder to find able men who can lead, who can teach, who can preach, who can shepherd, and who can serve the flock of God's people. This has become harder and harder to find. And so we need our men, we need our fathers, we need our grandfathers to rise up and act like men and raise a generation of people who will grow up to be able men and women who are qualified for the service of the Lord. And so the question that we ask ourselves this morning is, how? How can I do that? How can I raise a son or a daughter who will grow up to be this type of person? Look to the example of Obed-Edom. If you want to raise children who will grow up to be qualified for the service of the Lord, then you must welcome God into your home. Obed-Edom welcomed God into his house, and we must welcome God into our homes. Well, how do I do that, Tim? You must saturate your home with the Word of God. This praise the Lord business, this amen hallelujah business must go beyond the four walls of this Rolling Hills Church of Christ facility and into each and every individual home. Our spiritual vigor, our spiritual interest, and our spiritual concentration must go beyond Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. It must start in the home. We must welcome God into our homes. The wise preacher Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 3, By wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established, and by knowledge its rooms are filled with precious and great things. 
the most precious and the greatest things that we can fill our homes with is the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Saturate your homes with the Word of God. This is how we raise a generation of children who will be able men and women qualified for the service of the Lord. Several centuries ago, Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 6, Men of Israel, hear these words. The Lord God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And these words that I'm saying to you today shall rest on your heart. You shall teach them to your children. You shall talk about these things when you're walking by the way. You shall talk about these things when you're sitting down in your house. You shall talk about these things when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them on your hand. You shall set them as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the gates and write them on the doorposts of your house. What Moses was saying to the children of Israel is saturate your home. Fill your home with the word of God. Welcome God into your house. Yes, it's a good thing to talk about sports. Yes, it's a good thing to talk about education. Yes, it's a good thing to talk about current events with your children. But the most important thing that we must talk to our children about in the home is the wisdom and the knowledge of God. If we're not teaching our children about the Lord, then they will be lost spiritually in this spiritually chaotic world. We must saturate and fill our homes with the goodness and in the love of God. If our children are only being fed on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights, they will starve spiritually. Spiritual maturation begins in the home. We must welcome God into our homes. But not only that, if we want to raise qualified sons and daughters who are able to to serve in the kingdom of God, then we must rejoice in the Lord. Obed-Edom rejoiced in the Lord. He was a singer. He was a musician. He praised the Lord as the ark was being carried out of his house into Jerusalem. We need men today who will rejoice in the Lord. Be excited about spiritual things. Be eager to read your Bible. Be eager to study. Be eager to pray. Be eager to spend time talking to your children about the Word of God. Rejoice in the Lord. And when your children say, Daddy, why are you always so excited about going to church Why are you always so excited about reading your Bible? You say because a long, long time ago, in the beginning, when the earth was without form and void and the darkness was over the face of the deep, the Spirit of God hovered upon the waters and God spoke this world into existence and He put me in it. And He has blessed me so much. He's blessed me with this family. He's blessed me with His job. He's blessed me with you. And despite what may happen to me on this side of heaven, God loved me so much that He sent His only begotten Son to suffer, to die, and to rise so that I may have life, and to rise so that I may be joined with Him in a very special, beautiful covenant relationship. This is why I rejoice. This is why I'm excited. This is why I'm on fire. This is why I'm passionate about the things of God. Use your passion. Use your zeal as an opportunity to tell your children about the goodness of God. Fathers, rejoice in the Lord. Don't let them see you walking around with a lackadaisical attitude. Don't let them see you dragging your feet. Don't let them see you just going through the motions and just filling up a pew. Be excited. Be on fire. Be passionate about the things of God. And when they see your passion, they will be passionate. When they see your excitement, they will be excited. When they see your zeal, they will be zealous. And you will have raised a son or a daughter who will grow up to be 
able and qualified for the service of the Lord because they are on fire for the things of God just as their father is. If we want to raise these type of children, then we must be eager and excited about the things of God and rejoice in the Lord. But not only that, third and finally, like Obed-Edom, we must guard the things of God. Obed-Edom guarded the things of God. He protected the Ark of the Covenant. He wasn't willing to let anything or anyone compromise what had been entrusted to him. Fathers, your attitude must be the same. You are not willing to let anything or anyone compromise what has been entrusted to you. What has been entrusted to you? Your children have been entrusted to you. The psalmist says in Psalm 127 and verse 3 that children are a heritage from the Lord. Your child is a blessing from God. God gave you that child and He expects that child back. And you must do everything that you can within your power while that child is under your roof to make sure that he or she gets back to heaven. Guard the things of God. When your child's soccer coach says, hey, we're going to have a game on Sunday morning. Guard the things of God. You've already instilled in your child that you take worship seriously and God takes worship seriously. And you're not going to allow a soccer game to compromise your child's faith. Guard the things of God. When your child has a friend who is a bad influence on him, get that friend out of your child's life. Guard the things of God. You're not going to let Billy Bob compromise your child's faith. You're not going to let anything get in the way of your child getting to heaven. You must protect, guard, and protect and nurture your child. That is the only way. That is the only way that they're going to grow up to be able men and women who are qualified for the service of the Lord. I love what the Apostle Paul says to the young evangelist Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Starting in verse number 20. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 20, Paul says, O Timothy, guard the deposit trusted to you. Avoid irreverent babble, contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Timothy, if you want to stay grounded, if you want to stay steadfast, if you want to stay on the straight and narrow then you must guard, guard what is entrusted to you and avoid all this foolishness. Fathers, if you want your child to stay on the straight and narrow, if you want them to remain in the love of God, if you want their faith to be steadfast and sure, then you must guard what has been entrusted to you and avoid, avoid all of the things in this world, the people, the places, and the things that are potential threat to your child's faith. You must get those things out of your child's life. Guard the things of God. I know a lot of what I said this morning is easier said than done. And I'm well aware of the fact that I am not married, I do not have a family, and I do not have children. And it's easy for me to say these type of things in such a situation. But everything that I have said this morning is found in the Word of God. And as parents, if we expect to raise our children in this spiritually defiled world, then we cannot raise them like this world raises its children. 
we must consider what God's word has to say. If we raise our children the way this world raises its children, they will grow up and forget about and fall away from the Lord. We must consider God's word. Parents, and most importantly, fathers, you must welcome God into your homes, you must rejoice in the Lord, and you must guard what has been entrusted to you. That is the only way that you will be able to raise a child in this spiritually defiled world who is able and who is qualified to serve the Lord until the end of time. If there's anyone here this morning who is not a Christian, today is the perfect opportunity to become one. You do so by hearing the word of God believing that Jesus Christ is his son and that he came down from 42 generations to save you from your sins. If you believe that, then repent and turn away from your sins, confess the sweetest name that has ever rolled from mortal tongue, and have your sins completely washed away in the watery grave of baptism. If you've done that before, but you've fallen away and you've made mistakes and you would like to make things right this morning, or if you have any other spiritual need that we can help you with, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of invitation.